Hello, I'm Shell of Lionheart's Fitness. If you don't know about us by now, please check out our website, lionheartsfitness.com. Free fitness for all youth, particularly obstacle course racing. Right now, here is your podcast, I Am Spartan Podcast, with our favorite host, Scott Knowles. Enjoy. I am Scott the Fane Knowles, and you're listening to another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR Podcast. What's up, everybody? Do me a huge favor and go to monkeygrip.com and check out a couple of new products they have for 2024. They have the new cast iron cannonball grips, which is exactly what it sounds like, a cast iron cannonball, and they're on a strap, and they hook around a pull-up bar just like the original rope grips do, and you can take them off with ease and you can wrap them around some dumbbells and use them for farmer carries as well they also have a new callus care balm that you can put on those rough calluses to take care of them before they tear and as always they have the original rope grips the monkey fist grips and we could all use some liquid chalk so go and check out these new products and do me a huge favor and follow them on instagram as well on this episode chad Connolly from 50 for the fallen he tells us all about the No Man 50 that's going to take place at the Spartan Stadion event in Tampa, Florida on May 17th at 6 a.m. that Friday morning. The event starts. It's 50 burpees, one mile laps for 50 rounds. You have 24 hours to do it. And if you choose to, you can lead right into the stadium that Saturday. And if you complete the event, you get the Stadion race for free, and you also get a f- registration into the 2025 death race. You can do it solo, you can do it as a two-person team, or a five-person team. So you split it up like that, it's kind of like a Ragnar race if you think about it. I really think that would be a cool event to do as like a two-person team. I think that that would just be a fun learning experience for you and a friend. And, you know, there's going to be a bunch of people out there that are all suffering for the same cause. And the cause is is really great. And uh, Chad explains it to us in this interview. And he goes into depth about some of his other events as well. So uh, make sure you check this out, guys. And here's the interview with Chad Conley. Chad Conley, how are you doing today, brother? Hey, you know, Scott, I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. How are you doing down in Georgia? Pretty good, man. It's, it's, it's a little chilly right now, but it's probably colder up there where you're at. You're, you're in Ohio, correct? No, Colorado. Colorado? My mom um, kept it forever. But no, I live in Colorado. I, I've been here since 2008 when I was stationed here uh, with 10 Special Forces Group. And I um, met my wife and her family. They're all locals. So we decided after I retired in July that we'd just stay here. So what, is that close to Fort Carson? Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, yeah. So I am uh, on the north side of Colorado Springs. Fort Carson's on the south side of the city there, and um, yeah, I've been here. I've, I've seen this city explode in population since 2008. But yeah, this is where I call home now. Well, you know, that's where all the athletes like to go and train because it's at elevation, and I mean, it's just beautiful scenery up there as well, too. Is from what I understand, I've never been there myself. It's on a bucket list to get out there and travel a little bit one of these days. Well, I think we'd like at the event out here that the uh, Spartan Race puts on. They've added an ultra this year, 
We like to get the Ultra. Um, we may have some people try to kick around the Ultra, myself included, honest with goodness. We tried to get the it couldn't work out. So we did a 50 miler when they had the Dallas um, Ultra. So we do a 50 miler and then had people do the 50 into the Ultra and then had people do the 50 into the Beast. Wow. We'll have people do the Ultra and then fit and then go right into the Beast. So we did the same day. So they did your your fifty mile ruck event, and then they went and did the ultra too. Yeah, we have people every event. Uh, every time we that we work with Spartan Race, uh, the my organization is fifty foot fallen. But every time we do an event together, what we have is the fifty miler that will go from the afternoon to evening into the morning, and we'll finish that up and go straight into a Spartan Race and we'll beast. So we'll do. The beast super sprint over the weekend with 50 miles. So you're knocking out about 25 miles for that, 50 for us, 75 total. But what we tried to do in October was the uh, 50 miler into the ultra into the beast. And we had people do the 50 miler into the ultra and they completed. We did not have those things that would be able to finish the beast. Um, we need to start that 50 miler for hours a little soon, a little earlier in the day kind of play around with our timeline that way we're better equipped to uh, be prepared for the ultra and the beast afterwards. Um, that's still on my bucket list. I see that happening. Uh, that'll be a 2025 um, winner, but this year we'll knock out the ultra and the uh, beast together. In so if you get out here, it's going to be a great one. Colorado Springs is a tough course. It's uh, a lot of hills. Um, last year was super hot and dry. But um, as Spartan Race does, they made it a great event. So, you know, our guys love it. I love doing the ultra event anyway, and I love trying out new venues, you know, too. I, I'm pretty much stay on the East Coast just because it's just so much cheaper to travel, you know. Anytime you fly out to a race, man, it just adds up quick. Um, well, Chad, I know that you're a Green Beret, and, you know, you started this 50 for the Fallen, but – Tell us, like, you know, what made you want to become a Green Beret? Uh, honest to goodness, brother, it wasn't like, if you ever seen the movie Blues Brothers, when, you know, John Belushi and Dan Ackford see the light there in the friends, you know, preaching. It was none of that. It just kind of, I was in school to be a nurse practitioner in pediatrics. I ran a photo studio to make money, and my dad just died. You know, I walked hmm. around. 19 and massive heart attack and just you know flatlining and between the moment he died on july 15th of 02 and i signed up december 19 uh 02 um and then i was in you know delayed entry program waiting for my time to go um there was nothing that said i'm gonna be a green beret i'm gonna be a green beret i remember my dad a few times telling me, you know, because he was in the Marine Corps he was younger without um like Green Berets, he saw an open outlet. And all those guys were different. But no, um, I got into it because a recruiter had told me, hey, you want to learn a language and do all this stuff in the military, you can be a linguist. And I'm not gonna take a test. So I got a 90 instead of a 95 on this language attitude test, they were military test. And uh, Green Berets. Uh, cut off of 85 and he's like well if you still want to learn a language you can go be a green beret and i really didn't know much about it i mean i was like sure how do i do that well they're like well we just made this new program called the 18th x-ray program where you come in off the street and if you make it you're leaving. they did the same thing in vietnam called the sf baby program 
Well, I went in and made it. And fun, you know, the funny thing is, uh, I'm a polyglot. a lot. I, I learn languages very fast. I pick them up pretty quickly. I'm just not good at taking tests. But uh, I joined uh, the Army as something that I wanted to do to escape Southern Ohio, where it's from. And then I became a Green Beret because I just wanted to start with a language. It's like, hey, I want to learn a language. Let's start there. So, I, so are you saying that Southern Ohio sucked? Is that what you're saying? Uh, it's, a, <laughs> it's a gorgeous and, you know, kind of an interesting place to be from. But, you know, I've got friends of mine that are trying to turn that place around. But it's tough. The roots, you know, run deep bigger for drug abuse, addiction, um, abuse of all kinds. Um, and Southern Ohio is one of the worst places for it. We were the Oxycontin Highway of America. Most of it actually emanate, came into Southern Ohio and emanated across the nation from us. Uh, it's a documentary called Dreamland, just about it. And then, I have no idea. And Spartan, um, Doc Spartan, which um, is a company that makes um, an all-natural hand healing salve that I've seen work for burn victims, the people whose kids have... Um, really bad diabetes whose you know feet can't heal the stuff works for that i'd say that only the company dale king um he is fighting to change that area you know one drug addict at a time he has a, a rehab center him and a friend billy put this on I and mean, billy savvy tragically passed but dale's doing this and it's good to be from that area but it's hard to come to hmm. you know because i go to dale's i look out at uh pskc all the time but it's tough to see where it is because you're seeing some of your friends too who used to be these great people and have these lives and they're, now they're just destroyed. So it's, it's, it's a hard reality of America that there are a lot of small towns like Portsmouth, Ohio, and Lucasville where I'm from. Hmm. So you, you joined the Green Berets and I can only imagine that you had to do a, some tours in Afghanistan at that time, right? Yeah, I I found Afghanistan where I was at, you know, in the mountains. Uh, my deployments there, I was fortunate to where I was um, working a lot in the mountains. And as a guy who was on the mountains for quite a while, it's kind of a nice thing to be where you're supposed to be. But um, working in the mountains, were I mean, it was beautiful. And you're going to find um, some of the most calming and peaceful mo moments of my life came as our 18 Charlie Special Forces engineer. So my job was, oh, they, they they sell it to you like you're going to blow stuff up and do stuff. No, you're the logistics guy and the guy who fixes things and gets it done. And then every now and then you get to blow stuff up. So I was a camp mayor, if you think about it like that. We had a compound on this big, bigger army base. Uh, five airborne, not there. And, you know, it's gone, of course. Uh, but on airborne, we were up there on the side of the hill. And we had our own compound within it. And it was nice. Um, I'd wake up early, make my coffee go out, check the place out, talk to the workers we had, contractors coming in for the day to do the job on our compound. And it was just beautiful. Because the sun would come up and you're on one side of the valley, the other side of the valley is coming up and you're seeing it come down the valley towards you because you're on the backside of the sun. And it's just, it's amazing. And where we were uh, in Wardak, Afghanistan, um, awesome. Like seriously, just, and then like, if you're a ski bum like I am, you see all of the possible runs out there and those mountains and you're like, this is incredible. Everywhere you can be, Kuna Kumar, you know, all through the Wardak area, all those places, you have these giant runs that you can make amazing, you know, ski resorts on. It just was, it was a different, you know, situation. But uh, yeah, loved it. Iraq was good. Um, where I was in Iraq was on the northern side of this uh, country. 
and uh, really good times up there. Um, the Kurds, the Kurdish people that live in that area where I operated were just awesome. Like yeah. I love Kurds. Well, I mean, if you ever want to, there, there's a lot of stories and go about the Kurds and people that can talk about it. Uh, the same thing that happened to the mountain yards in Vietnam has happened to the Kurds where we helped some and left some. And it's, it's, it's sad. Um, I do look, you know, I enjoyed my time. I had a lot of fun. Now, of course, you're going to say you did the job at times where, um, you know, you're pulling triggers and, you know, blowing up doors and going after bad guys and doing those things that some people aren't alive now that were um, on their end and very sadly on my end. And I've lost a lot of friends that hurts, but I would never change it. Like the job for me was a blessing. Like, I, mean, I, like I, I wouldn't have my daughter, you know, and to have her and my, and my wife and like the life we have now. Um, it was great. Uh, when, wanted, when did you get out? On July of uh, this year. Oh, wow. Uh, 2023, I entered Gen Pop on August 1st. As I say, um, you know, I, I got out of um, solitary or, you know, the confinement that is the military, the big bubble that it is. And I have turned into a civilian on August 1st. Was the transition hard? Uh, the transition is now. When people leave the military, if you retire, I think it's different than if you were, you know, told to get out and you have a medical reason. When you retire, you're going to get out and you're going to have about six months of, you know, this gray zone of going from military life to civilian life. That transition is um, an interesting one. Um, I was fortunate enough in my job as I left the military to build a retirement program for 10 special forces group. Um, I went out to another unit that has a retirement program. I fashioned ours exactly like theirs because they're big brother and they're better than us in a lot of ways. And they, the care they took, you know, I just found it to be, you know, just the, the way they took care of their guys was amazing. And if they can do it, we can do it. And I went out to our guys and our group started to the time and built this thing called Summit where now guys have the time to retire. Like while I was retiring, I finished my master's. You know, I retired, I retired, got my master's degree, knocked out, and had about two years to take care of everything before it was time for me to go. Of that two years, a lot of medical stuff, a lot of military stuff, a lot of family stuff, you know, you put so much on the back burner when it's time to, you know, do the job that when it's time to retire, you realize like, okay, my family is the one thing that's going to be with me for the rest of my life. And no matter what, I've got to take care of them. So this military thing, it's now on the back burner and my family's front and center. So you do that transition that starts really that two years out from when you know you're going to retire. Now, if it's a medical thing, you have to get out for another reason. Probably a different, you know, scenario. I don't know that. I only know from retirement. So out of all your years, you know, being in the military, what was like your best takeaway or let's just say your best experience of the whole time you were in that sticks out the most in your mind? Uh, yeah, best experience would be uh, 2010-11. I'm in Iraq and I had run a, um, I did a toy drive that year. The uh, guys there, uh, Jaish and Jam, Jaish and Magdadi, um, JH stands for uh, these bad guy terrorist groups. They turned into ISIS eventually. Um, they said, if you have a Christmas here in Kirkuk, we are going to bomb the churches. No Christmas allowed. So I went out and said, not on my watch. Watch this. So I put up a um, toy and clothing drive. And I said, we're turning suicide bombers to slay those. And I built this whole thing. And we ended up giving the entire city of Kirkuk Christmas in 2010. 
And that was pretty cool because it was for Christians, Muslims, whatever religion you are, because there's other desert religions out there you don't know about, kind of crazy stuff. So sure. we did all Christmas. They All the kids went to these different churches in the middle of the night. And there's just, I got photos of just lines of kids and their parents. And we weren't there from the military side because I didn't want the military to come back and hurt these kids. So they were given food, clothes, toys from a bunch of people throughout America. And that was about the best thing that I had done. You're not going to cool guy stories, but that's one that matters to me. And then after that story, my terms came up and other people came up crying to me saying, thank you. Like you, you don't know what you did. And I'm like, yeah. And I was like, I, I really don't now. Even as a father, as a father now, I kind of get it. Cause I gave these kids hope and I gave them clothing and toys. He wasn't, he was God. I will say that I'm like unapologetically a Christian, but that is something that I was able to do. And then later that deployment, our interpreter looked at me and said, you're the Christian. Like, that's your job on the team, huh? You're the team Christian. I thought that was really cool. Uh, somebody to be able to be, um, you know, just outwardly expressing, like, hey, this is how we be good to one another. And sure, you know, we also did bad things to bad people at deployment. And, you know, we took care of the job. But those kids, no matter who they were, they're just kids. I got a three-year-old little girl. Like, I, and that hits me sometimes thinking about, like, what if she was over there and the world was all reversed or... Like I got in piles of trash, and it happened. And it's like, and, and you think about too, like when when y'all did that for those kids, you know, those kids will remember that forever, and they'll have this idea of the American military as a good thing, you know, as being in their country. You know, it wasn't just all, you know, a bad influence. There's a there was a good influence there on a younger generation, and I think that's that's pretty cool, man. I'm a I'm kind of a, like a pro and a con guy here, so I'm going to ask the reverse of that question. And you don't have to answer it if you don't want to, but out of your whole time being there, what was like your worst experience of being, you know, part of the military over there or anywhere or just being in the military in general? Not being there when friends die. Right. That's because you lose friends. So I... We got to 10th, I got the first battalion, 10 special forces group, um, and moving uh, in Germany, there in Kansas, the sun. I got there in May of 06. And then by I was two years, I had lost like 10 friends. Wow. Two course, uh, qualified SF qualification course, we call two courses. I got out of that, and within about two years of me getting my beret and being at 110. I had lost maybe about 10, I think about 10 people from my class and the class before me that went on and like, like one of my best friend Pat, he died. Um, his buddy Rob Pirelli, his friend of mine died. Uh, Kittle died or Caban died. Like just these people and we were just like one after the other, after the other, after the other. And it was like, I mean, shit, Eric had been a group maybe seven, six, seven months when he died. He just got there working. Uh, another guy who had gotten there, uh, and of course, me died real quick after getting a group. Um, yeah, like it was just like one after the other. And that's the hard part. And then, you know, you, you go on in your, you know, your career, and you know, you, you have other people like that that that's happened, it happens to, and it gets tough because you're like, there's another one, there's another one. And then right. all of a sudden, cancer, it starts to be drunk driving or suicide. And now suicide is, I mean, the war's not over. Like now the war had begun. Like the war for us 
when the guys in special operations, I'll just speak to that's all I know. I was just, I was Green Beret for my entire career, training to be your Green Beret. The work for guys in special operations now has begun because we're not, a, we don't think of ourselves as a useful tool anymore. Like we're not there to be used. It's tough. Now the core, there are seven core missions in special forces, you know, direct action. There's only one of the seven. Our job is nation building, teaching, instructing, getting these guys to do things for the U.S. government against their government. That's what we're good at. But we really got focused on this, like this, we kick a door and shoot someone in the face. And during that time, we lost a lot of people and it gets tough. So that's the thing that hurts the most. And now that, you know, we are done, we're not. Because for our guys, it's really tough. Now, me on the other side are retired now. I am finding my ways to focus and do things to help others. And that's what 50 for the fallen is. It's just a way to get one from mental health so they don't commit suicide. Because there are 10 special forces group, because I can only speak about that because that's where I came from. We had a lot of suicides from 2019 to 2022. And, you know, and I imagine, you know, with the experiences that you've had and experiences that a lot of people have in the military, when they go through situations like that, when, you know, you say all of their friends that they went up through training with and they get stationed together, all of their friends die and they may be the only one to survive. And then they've got all these questions in their head, like, why did I make it? Why did I survive? Why am I better than him? You know, and I imagine that thoughts like that, you know, get really tough sometimes. Uh, they can, um, you know, once again, I'll say having ground. Uh, like a good foundation in Christ for me makes it, you know, makes it more like easy, more palatable for me to be like, okay, this is not my plan. I'm going to put my faith in Christ and that's how I go through my day. A lot of guys don't have that, but, you know, even those that do have it, I self included because I'm just tough because you're like, what's the difference? What mission is the difference? Why this, not that? Uh, I have friends who had to leave uh, country who uh, take care of a medical issue and then people come in and immediately die. Mm. Like people were going to do or friends who have lost limbs. I got one uh, fellow I know who didn't lose any limbs but was dragged, like dramatically injured. Like broke everything on the left side of the body. Nerve damage, everything left of the body. He had a building fall on what happened. And a whole wall came down, crushed him. You can't see his injuries. He's got a bunch of physical ailments that you cannot see. And I had spoken to him one time. He's like, I wish I lost a limb because then people wouldn't know. And that's kind of the tough stuff with it. You know, you get this stuff and you get the mental emotional side that people carry a lot. And I had a fellow do three of my 50 miles. And it took three 50 miles for him to be okay with talking about losing the foot. Hmm. He was always walking in the front. He said his friend was always here. And he was always seeing and talking to his friend while doing the runs. And then... It was um, our Pearl Harbor event of 2022. He came forward and actually spoke about it. So, um, you okay, you started 50 for the Fallen while you were in the military, apparently, right? Since you just got out. So, what made you want to start this? What was your why in wanting to start this? Uh, my why came because I got tired of the other things. It hurts. I got tired of seeing wives and kids. Or parents, because if they're not married, you know, just left with this emotional just chasm of like, what is going on? That's tough. That's really hard to deal with. It's really hard to see those. 
And I started it as a way for us to cope. It started in May of 2020 during the George Floyd riots and everything that happened there and everybody was separated from COVID. And I went out for a walk because I missed my friends. And I picked 50 miles because I love to do cool hand loop. So cool hand loop, he ate 50 eggs. So I said, you know what? I'm going to walk 50 miles. And I just went out to walk one day and called some friends and said, hey, I'm doing this. And I got done with it and I felt better. I worked out some stuff. It was a way for me to just kind of breathe out. And then some friends of mine were like, we want to do that too. So while I was in, I didn't have my nonprofit. I didn't do any of that. It was just me. And I called it 15 for the Fallen. So people didn't know it was just me doing it. And I called a dear friend of mine who did 15 years at the Green Beret and other places uh, he had gotten out. And I called him and said, hey, I want to do this in New York City for the 20th anniversary of 9-11. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but we're going to put this together. And he said, I'm in. And the guy lived in Dallas, Texas, and still does. And he's wildly successful. He made a very good life for himself. But we started there. We put it together. Uh, it turned into from, I don't know what we're going to do, to we started at Yankee Stadium. We ended at ground zero and did 50 miles in between where we had police and FBI coverage for security on one side. And hand to God on the other, you had gang security. Because the gangs were like, what are you doing in our neighborhoods? We tell them, and they would support us as we were walking and look out for us as we were going which was really cool is where the cops and like the FBI is moving with us as we're going through the event. And then on the other side of the street and down the block are a bunch of gangbangers making sure we're good going through these different neighborhoods or handed off from one gang to the next. Wow. Uh, and that's how it kind of all started. And then from there, it snowballed into um, a bit of a movement where we're now going to have, I mean, last year we had eight events around the nation. Um, this year we are going to scale back our number of events and just kind of really, focus on the impact that they can make and make them bigger events. We're doing Austin, Texas in April. We're going to walk from Breckenridge, Colorado to Vail for the 4th of July. And then we're back in Oahu in um, Pearl Harbor. So December 7th, that night, we'll start a 52 and a half mile or we'll do the Honolulu Marathon twice. I'm working with their team and we'll do it from, you know, from finish to end, turn around, get our bids, and then we'll run the marathon with the um, – with the contestants of the Honolulu Marathon. They'll have a rough team as well do that. And then the run team will wait, the rough team will join, and we'll have those Pearl Harbor survivors and veterans that are out there. They will cross the finish line with us when we finish our event uh, on December 8th. I bet that's a big deal over there on that time of the year. It is. It's, it's amazing. We were there um, for December um, 7th, 8th of 2022. We did our event then. Or December 6th or 7th. And it was awesome. We finished our event coming into Pearl Harbor the morning of December 7th. We finished at 6 a.m. A lot of the like families and those that survived, they came around 6 30, says we're finishing getting cleaned up and we're talking. Here come all these people from you know generation past coming in to us. And it's just like, bang, who are you? Why are you here? Why are you here? And then it was just like war stories and a lot of people made friends that day. That was amazing. Um we're hoping to do the same thing this year. That's pretty cool. Well, you've done some, you know, you did the one in Dallas with the Spartan. You teamed up with Spartan and did an event there. And you have one that's coming up on, what is it, May the 17th, and it's going to be at the Stadion Race in Tampa, Florida. Yeah. And it's it's got a little bit of spin on the 50-mile part. You want to tell us about it? Yeah, so Joe DeSena lost all of his burpees in 2023. He couldn't find any. Not a lot of people found burpees in 23. Well, I found them all. So we have um, 
the burpee bonanza of all events. <laughs> what do you want to think of this? Um, I told my wife what I was going to do, and she just said, no, ma'am. So that's the name of it, the No Ma'am 50. Um, and what we're doing is an event at um, Raymond James Stadium or with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers training facility. I'm working with the Buccaneers now on it, and they want us to be with them. They're great. They're a great organization. They're super supportive of the military. So we're going to work either of those two. And what's going to happen is we're going to have people come out, and you can do it by yourself, a team of two or a team of five, 50 burpees on the mile, every mile for 50 miles. That is 2,500 burpees and 50 miles if you're doing it by yourself. You can break down the map the other way if you're not. And it is going to be one of the most physically demanding events that Spartan Race has ever put on, that anyone's ever put on. And we are going to do this May 17th to 18th. We'll start May 17th at 6 a.m. It's going to take 24 hours. Uh, May 18th at 6 a.m. we finish. And then we're going to go do the stadium race. And whoever does the no man gets the stadium for free. So the event itself is going to be, um, it's, I, I don't know if this is ever, anything that this has ever been done on this physical, physically demanding of a scale. I don't think so. <laughs> you know, people have said, you know, where are the burpees, DeSena? Well, we found them. So I hope that uh, people are, you know, happy to find that we found your burpees. And if you want to come out and be a part of something that is absolutely insane, this is it. And I forgot to mention, this also will qualify you for a death race. So this is a death race qualifier of qualifiers. You do this, you're qualified for a death race. You ain't got to do anything else. So that means you won't have to do the video where you have to do some ridiculous feat to uh, get into the death race. You can just do this and you get into the death race right off the bat. So there you go, guys. This is the easy way into the death race. 24 hours, 50 miles, 2,500 burpees. Um, And we'll do that for the solos and the two persons. Because if you break it up as a two person, it's 25 miles and 11, 25 burpees. Still a lot of burpees. burpees. But if you do this as a... um, team of five i'll have to talk we'll have to talk with dan and andy of death race and see how we want to do that but we're looking at only but only 500 burpees and 10 miles of a team of five that's what we've done. and if you want to see your you want to test your metal with your team this is the place to do it for five but if you're solo or two person this is about as gnarly as you're going to get yeah the solo that's that's tough. And t- to be honest with with you, like the 50 mile part of the solo isn't what scares me. Doing the 50 burpees every mile, that scares me. It won't be bad for, you know, the first 10 miles, 15 miles, but that's going to start adding up quick. I guarantee you. <laughs> the pain will add up really fast. Um, I'm going to do this to test it next weekend. Actually, I'm going to do this whole event. And I'll do video and you'll see it be done. You know, you'll know I did it all. But I'm going to do the 2,500 burpees and the 50 miles. I got a couple of people that'll do it with me. And we're going to do it here at Altitude in Colorado. Oh, that's so, going to be even tougher for sure. <laughs> um, so we either do it at my buddy uh, Bo's gym at V23 up in Denver, or we're going to do it at the um, Peterson Air Force Base. Right. And, so in Tampa, let's say you sign up for the event. Like, where is it going to, like, what is the mile going to consist of? Is it going to be like four laps on a track or is it one mile loop? Is it, you know, on the gravel or? Yeah, it's going to be a one mile course. And right now we're working with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to see whether we are going to do that on grass or if we're going to do that on asphalt. 
because at the moment they are tearing up their turf down there. They have a three football field with, with you know, stretching between practice facility there that's right next to Raymond James Stadium. And if we've used their facility, there is a dirt track that goes around that. So we would use that and a bit of the field to make the one mile. If the, you know, if the bulldozers and everything is still on the field and it's not just done right, then we are going to utilize the um, area around that, which is their parking lot area, and you're going to be running on asphalt and doing your burpees on padding. So that's kind of the one thing I'll stress with this. Like, you're not going to be doing the burpees in the ground on, like, asphalt or something like that. They're all going to be done on the padding, you know, make it at least like that, so it's halfway decent. Um, but the... Uh, that is absolutely great news. <laughs> yeah, you know, it makes it a little easier to... to that um we actually had a um and it to be nicer too for a portage on of all things we i, I contracted a luxury portage on for this so if you have to go in and take a dump at least you're going to do it and a very very nice and very expensive um portage on that'll make people at least rest for a minute but don't sleep in there we had an event i got to talk about and it was a memorial day of 2022 we're in washington dc and we're going from uh walter reed medical center uh, down to Mount Vernon, up to Arlington National Cemetery by way of the National Mall. Hmm. And I say that to say, like, we're going down. We've done the 25 that takes you down to Mount Vernon. We're coming back up the Mount Vernon Trail. And one of our guys has to go and use the bathroom. Come to find out, he fell asleep taking a dump. <laughs> we were doing the walk, and I'm like, okay, hey, John, uh, one of the guys who was helping me, um, he's soon to be doctor, but uh, he's in the you know, military medical school. So... I have him run back there, and he's like, "Man, he was asleep." Like I came in banging. What's wrong? He's been, "Oh, sorry." Don't do that in the middle of the night if you're solo. You know, if you're by yourself, we'll make sure you come in and out of the bathroom. We'll give you a few minutes and make sure you're good. Uh, but yeah, that was a that was a fun um, that was a fun little story to tell for um, for that fella. Yeah, he came out one of our agencies too. So he's this Johnny Tough guy who ended up just getting uh, wrecked doing the fifty. Uh, he made it though. Like his feet were hamburger, but he would not stop. The guy was, I mean, iron will. It was, it was, it was awesome to see, which I think is what you're going to need for the burpees too. It's absolutely dark place. Like how, how dark, how deep can you go to find the strength you need to accomplish 2,500 burpees? That's great training for, you know, a death race too. If, if somebody is seriously thinking about doing a death race, you know, because, you're not if you go to a death race you're going to do you know thousands of burpees it's going to happen so just get ready for it but i had i had a question wrote down about the bathrooms i'm glad you added that in but also like for the event i'm i'm i assume it's going to be kind of like you're halfway self-supported too. where do you have to do you need to bring like your own folding chair like if you want to take a break or a canopy where you can lay out all your food or have like a bin with all your food and stuff in it and water you know stuff like that i will make sure that all water and food is provided now when i say food you're going to have supplementation i'm going to have but you will have all the water you can drink will be sponsored by um i'm talking to mountain ops right now i met their owner trevor uh, great, great individual. Um, uh, amazing, amazing man. Trevor and Mountain Ops are looking to sponsor us for all of our supplementation for that. So we'll have everything we need there. Uh, Food-wise, you'll be covered as far as like fruits, meal bars, stuff like that. You'll have that stuff. Every 50 for the following event I run, I cover all food for the individuals. 
So we cover, so it's less of an excuse to be out there because you have everything you need. You just show up and you're a part of it. This is, we'll have a place to store your gear. Um, as far as seating and chairs and like that, um, I'll work with the Buccaneers on that to see if we can put out a couple big tents. And if we can put a couple big tents, that'll be the athlete staging area or if Spartan can give us one from the stadium. We'll do that. Um, but if you want to bring a chair, it's on you, of course, because I mean, everyone's going to have their own stuff for that, but you'll have all food and water covered. Yeah. All the ultra people, they can just bring their bucket that way they can sit on their bucket and then they can have their extra stuff in their bucket too, as well. So, I mean, and I'm, I assume this is a rain or shine event. So people may want to bring, you know, raincoat and you know or a rain jacket you know something they can run in and they might want to bring like extra gear that they might want to change out of and they definitely want to have like some foot care stuff and some chafing cream for sure yeah i have an entire breakdown of what we use for a 50 mile ruck um as far as like a packing list and suggested packing list that'll be the same thing that we'll add to the no ma'am the only difference will be the no ma'am will have a couple other things on it um just due to all the burpees you know you're going to need you know like some different things that are because your body's going to come in contact with the ground so many times that you'll want to have gloves. You'll want to have like a clam digger or like three, you know, quarter length pant, like compression pants or something that your body can, you can have on that you can push off with. So you're not constantly scraping your knees and everything. Cause after a while, you're just going to start getting friction burns going up and down. So by having that, um, those are the two big things that I would recommend gloves and you know anything that can just for your legs now rain or shine that's true uh we've got may 17 18 so it could be rainy but it should be warm weather not too hot and as far as the event goes um doesn't take much to run and do burpees kind of an easy to you know one two piece combo yeah that could be some that could be some hot weather for sure yeah Maybe it'll be one of those weekends where it's a little cooler. That'd be great. Now, here's my other concern, especially since it's a 24-hour event. Is it going to be one of those things where everybody has to be responsible for their own count? Like counting burpees, counting miles, because you better bring like a bunch of pennies you can throw in a cup to keep up with them if you are, because, you know, how many times you're going to run the same mile course and think, shit, was that 23 or was that 24? <laughs> yeah. So I have a team that will be there. Everybody will have a, have an identifying, um, I'm thinking like bandana or something on another different color. And it's going to be like, all right, cool. You're coming across. All you have to do is give your name or give your roster number. And if everyone has a roster shirt, you want to see your roster shirt, your placard, cool. That's you. You're number 26. All right, number 26, you're on lap four. Congratulations. You've got a long way to go. You know, <laughs> later on in the night, here's where you are. When it comes to the burpees, a lot of that is going to be just like in Spartan Race where no one's there, like sitting there counting off your burpees. Um, you're going to be in the honor system of that. And like, hey, knock them out. you got 50 to go. If you cheat, you're going to know you cheated and you're the one at the end of the day. That's, that's right. So on you, your own, you own you. You and are I, here to honor the fallen. So don't be that guy. Yeah. Now, are we going to try to count our solos? We are. We're going to try to count the burpees for the solos. If you're a two-person team, you can count your own. If you're a five-person team, it's on you. If you're a solo, we'll do our best to count burpees with you. So you know that you've done your burpees because you're also going to be zoned. I know that next weekend, like next Saturday, at like this time next Saturday, I'm going to be in the pain locker. I'm going to be hurting because I'll have been going since 6 a.m. Saturday morning. 
doing nothing but burpees and running. I'll see how I count. And that's honest to goodness going to let me know what it feels like and let me know how the um, assistance, how much the assistance is needed. But that's the way I have to do it myself too, because that way I know it can be done one. And then two, I know exactly what we're going to need for each and every individual. So that's, that's going to hurt. I'm not looking forward to next weekend, but I need to do it. Well, I mean, the best way to find out how the event's going to go is to do it yourself, right? Yeah, that's what we're doing. So, and I saw on the website to uh, go solo, it cost a hundred dollars. The two person teams, one fifty, and the five person team is two hundred dollars, and that's it's very affordable for something like this. Especially if you're providing, you know, food and drink. I mean, that's really a good deal. And then you get if you complete it, you get a free race, a free Spartan race. And if you so well desire to go to the death race, you get a free registration for that as well. Yeah, so as far as economically goes, it's a steal. It's just going to take you, uh, it's just, you know, a little bit of your life uh, putting forward. And this is something we talk about in 50. What's your time worth? Because your time right now, you're spending with others. You're spending with those you don't know. You're doing things that you don't know. And at the end of it, what have you given but time? Now, how much time do you give to others in your life, your family, your loved ones, those that you truly care about? At the end of this event, that's the one thing that I will ask everybody. Like, okay, great. You've just done 24 hours with us. You've done this. You're going to be in the stadium. You're a psycho. I love you because I'm going to do it too. Now, can you give that time back to those family members that you don't talk to all the time? Or if you were in the military like me, can you call your buddies? Can you get with them? Can you communicate and just say, hey, I'm here. How are you? And really break that down. Because so many times in life, I mean, Scott, you know, it's like, we're going to, hey, man, how's it going? Ah, it's good. It's great. You know, like that, we keep going. It's not the real conversation. Right. In the time that you've done this, you're going to take that time and really think about it like, okay, I've done this. Now my time matters more when I speak to them because I just gave my own time up for this. Or like to me as a father, when I come home from one of these events, my time with my daughter is different. I'm not saying I don't cherish every moment because I do but I suck it into those moments. I take in deep for us and like life looking at her like, wow, she's the most amazing, amazing thing I've ever seen. And when you come back to these hard events, you really do that because that time is just so much more valuable. That's the big thing about doing this. So if you do this event, you're going to get challenged there more than anywhere where you're going to be felt like, okay, cool. You just gave it this time. Congratulations. Now go get that back to family. Go get that back to friends. That's the one thing I always tell everybody and with this event i really mean it like you're gonna be in dark pain and there's friends of mine who are gone that i will be talking to and thinking of my dad you know i'll be talking and thinking of him and i've done that before in very dark moments i replayed the um the day he died so like there are times i've went in dark moments and i've replayed his death in my mind driving home coming in the door seeing him on the floor this event coming up it will be the same thing for me yeah. And, you know, and it, it, and you got a bunch of people there and they're all, you know, doing the same thing. They're on the same mile course. You're all doing your burpees in the same place. So I can imagine this being a super fun event because you're going to meet people that you're going to be running the laps with doing burpees besides. So you're going to meet a lot of friends. And if you're running solo, you might find somebody to run the whole event with and y'all kind of stay beside each other and cheer each other on. You know, that way you're not just out there you know, making it a, a brutal suffer fest, you can have a lot of fun with it. I think the two person solo team would be a blast. That just sounds like a good time. 
we call that the rucksack mambo in 50 because you're going to start rucking with people and doing this 50 mile 18 hour movement and you're talking to folk along the way before you know you're talking to somebody else a few miles and hours go by and then it changes to somebody else this event is no different where you're going to like just like you said there'll be some solos that pair up and it's like i'm not going to quit if you don't and the next thing you know they're halfway through this thing cheering each other on to the end and my goal is for those people to finish together I don't want to see somebody be like all together with them until mile 45 and it starts breaking down and his buddy says, see ya. I want those guys to finish together too, to build that bond because now you have something that no one else gets today. This is what Spartan is so good at. You build community through shared suffering and it turns into a tribal mentality of we can do it together because we just did it together. Right. And they do. And that to me is something we're missing today. Just in general in life is this ability to be want us at 50 to be able to grow this and turn this into something that is truly tribal and the no man is something that uh so a uh, really good friend of mine now i've, I've made in the last year dan mcdonald the chief of staff of Spartans. dan and i have discussed making this a yearly event where every year we're pulling the 50 together the no man 50 together and we're turning this into something that we have every year really looking forward to it but I think that shared suffering would be there too. And it turns into, oh, you doing the no man again this year? Yeah, I'm bringing my boy. We're going to do a two-person team. Oh, we got a team of five from our church or my company is doing it as this team. That's the goal for me is to where this turns into something that we can back a branch truck up to the Resiliency Brain Health, which is a center in Coppell, Texas, where I send veterans to outpatient mental health right now. And we can just say, hey, here's a truckload of money. We have 100 veterans right now in the queue to go. We have 100 veterans that need to get this care, 100 veterans who are having these mental emotional issues that could lead them to suicide. If I can back a bridge truck up and say, great, here's $100,000. I've made a debt. Great. Now let's get more people. Who else do we need? All right, great. Let's keep going. That's the way I want to attack this. So that's the goal with this event. People come together, have a shared suck, just like you get um, – Ryan Moran, he's the guy that won winter death race in 23. I interviewed him. He's awesome. He's a friend now. Now he's in the Marine Corps. He's doing great. That's a guy who gets it because he did that with his death race, with his winter death race. And the two people that were going with him to the end that he said, I will not pass them by. They are finishing with me. Mm. That's what we need more of. That's what we're seeing more of in Spartan Notice. That's what we have to have. And that's what you're getting with death uh, with uh, No Man 50. That's what you're getting with us in this because Spartan Race is coming in full bore to help out. And together, we're going to build an event where people come to the end of it and say, my God, I just did that. Let's do it again. Right. So, and if you want to sign up for this event, you can go to your website, which is 50 for the fallen. Uh, You can type it in on a Google search and it is the first and only website that pops up more or less for that. Um, RG is the site. Now, the best place to sign up for it will be on Spartan Race's site. We're waiting for the, uh, to be quite honest and transparent, I'm waiting right now for the ink to dry with Tampa Bay Buccaneers staff on where we're going to have this. Right. Because the team, the operations team, we're having the event in Tampa Bay. We're having the event with the Buccaneers. It's just, are you on the grass or are we on the, on the pavement or they have a grass parking lot? 
that's the only issue we're having right now is which one, because they want us on the turf. They want us to be able to use their facility. They want that recognition. And I love that because they really care about the military and support Spartan too. It's just, are we going to be able to do it? We're having meetings this week to finalize that. So by this time next week, that's on the website. And it'll say, we're having it here. This is where we're doing it. This is where your money goes. Let's go attack this. Right on. So how many people do you have signed up? Do you have a lot signed up already? About 25 right now. Uh, we got a few psychos who are doing it solo. Uh, we got a lot of people doing the two-person, actually. That's where we're getting a lot of our folks, which is the best part. Because those doing the two-person, you got to do the burpees first, then you run the mile. If you do the burpees, you can't run the mile. So you got to go back and forth. And it does not mean that you got to split it down the middle. And it's probably better, but if you got someone who's a rabbit, they can just run forever, and someone who loves burpees... <laughs> You have to be able to run those, do those burpees in the mile. Now, myself, I'm a burpee machine. Uh, every year for my birthday, I did my, my year of life times 10 for burpees. So this year I turned 41. So I had to do 410 burpees. And I always do it under the minute time of that. So I did 410 burpees in 30, like six minutes, which for me, not a bad time. I can be faster. But, you know, you're a burp, if you're a burpee machine and you got someone who likes to run, cool, team up. You could do that stuff. It's not bad. A uh, five-person team, though, that's where I think it's the easy day. And it's also the fun day because you're only spending a couple, you know, like 50 bucks each, and you're getting into a free stadium event. You're getting all these things that are 40 bucks, and you're getting the free stadium. You're getting to do this event, and you, you qualify for other things. So it's kind of great. And this is, a, I don't know, Dan and I discussed this with you before, but this is a massive recruiting event for the military. We have all branches of the military coming to this event, special operations recruiting the battalion wants to take this thing over. And I love that. Um, mm. Like I, I thank my lucky stars and God above the fact that I joined the military because they gave me 20 years of amazing duty. I went all over this world and I met my wife, had my daughter and I wouldn't have had any of that if I didn't, you know, raise my right hand to say I defend and uphold the constitution and threats foreign and domestic. And it's been great. Well, um, well, before we move on from, I wanted to ask you too, is about some of your other events. I feel like we've covered the one in Tampa pretty good. Did I leave anything out? Is there something else you might want to add to that event? Oh, uh, winner take home, we'll have prizes. Oh, okay. So do you have any info on what the prizes are going to be? Uh, I know right now that we're going to have some equipment coming from a couple of different backpack companies and outdoor companies that are going to be giving us uh, probably a thousand dollars worth of prize pack there. Oh, nice. We'll end up working. Um, I mean, we'll get a sauna or an ice tub for somebody. Uh, and we're going to front that and have that out there as a win as a product as well as someone can win. Um, now when I say winner take all, there's no, there's just, if you're the first solo, I don't care. You're the first solo. You get to choose, you get from this prize pack. If you're the first, First two-person team, I don't. You get it. Your first five-person team. Here you go. Mm. And that's what we're looking at. Um, now we've got gear. Um, I'm also looking at money, and I may do a thousand dollars per woman. Wow! And that right? Yeah, because I think a thousand dollars is a good amount. Um, that's something we could easily do. And a thousand dollars split between five, two, or one isn't bad. And if you come out of this thing a thousand dollars richer, it's a pretty good day. Mm. 
And if you come out of it losing money, you did it for a great cause. Don't be that person. You, know, you don't lose any money because no matter what, at the end of the day, you and your friends or people uh-huh. you are with, you accomplish something that people aren't going to be able to ever say they do. People do 50 milers with less than 50 for the fallen. And other people say, well, I don't, I could never do a 50. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. There and walk. And, you know, before you know it, you're mile 35 in. Or, you mean, I, like I've said to people before, it's tough to say, but what if there was a gun to your head, you'd walk. And we, we don't realize that. Like right now in parts of the world, it's really tough. It's really hard. America's great. Those people would walk. Those people have walked. There's people like Francis Ngannou, who's a fighter for the UFC, walked across the parts of the Sahara Desert with very little water three times because he kept getting turned back by the people there and he made it. Like, you can do it. So, and that's something that I wanted to ask you about too, as well, you know, because a lot of people are familiar with the Go Ruck brand. And when they hear the word ruck, you know, it's a four letter word, you know, you're rucking with a heavy bag and you have to do all this stuff. But your 50 mile rucks are more, some of them are more like kind of like an entry level ruck too, where there's no like requirements. You don't have to carry a 30 pound plate. You have just, you know, if you're a beginner, you know, just maybe wear a camelback with some of your nutrition and some water in it, you know, and stuff like that. And you have like 10 mile, you, you, you go in 10 mile segments. And if you've only wanted to do that 10 mile segment, you have like a car there that can take them back to, you know, wherever their car's at. Right. It's about the community. It's not about, I mean, We've had people do like five miles of a 50 miler, but they were involved the whole time because they would get in and out of the car and help out. I never made this to be this like break off session. Now the no man's different. I'm I'm psychotic. I wanted to do this for myself. And now I've, you know, Spartan race with you savages want to join me. This is where we are. But the 50 for the fallen events are about being together. Nobody wins. Nobody loses. We start together. There's no music. There's no phones. It's just the people. You walk, you talk, and you're not carrying, you don't have to carry a thing on your back. You can go without anything because, and a bottle of water and something in your pocket to eat. And every 10 miles, there's food and water. Every 10 miles, there's a break. And any point during that 10, hey, I need more water. Great. Truck comes up, give you what you need. We keep driving. Hey, I need to take a break and get in a car. Here comes the van, hop in. We usually have a physical therapist with us, a DPT, Doctor of Physical Therapy. They're going to work on people. They're going to get you back in the fight. And so is this one of those things, too, where everybody stays together and they're all walking at the same pace? That's why it's 18 hours. It's prescribed distance and prescribed time. Like, the, you could do 50 miles if you ran it in five-mile pace. You look at 10 hours. Ain't that bad? Yeah. We, at three to three and a half miles an hour. So people are talking and actually wanting to open up and communicate. The biggest point of this is at the end of the rock, you have left emotional weight behind. You've taken that emotional rucksack, you've dumped some stuff out, shook it out, found some stuff in there. Not everything falls out. You put it back on. You feel lighter at the end of the rock. A friend of mine, she did the rock in Pearl Harbor. She came across the finish line and i always say this because it's in the video and she goes i'm crying i don't know why i'm crying i don't know mm-hmm. you know I'm happy and um she's a very successful um fitness celebrity and hunter that's who she is and it affected her definitely another fellow who um has been a very very famous hunter and ultra marathoner did that same event and he even told me it hit him differently mentally and emotionally doing that event than when he runs his 50 miles 
And that's the fellow out there always saying, keep hammering. So when he did our event, that's what he's like, it's, it hits different. And then the conversations that happen because you have nothing but time. I mean, think about 18 hours. Think about an 18 hour road trip. You and some strangers you don't know. At the end of that road trip, you're going to know things about those strangers. That's the same thing that happens here only we're walking through a city at night. And it's kind of a cool thing when you're going through Dallas because we walk from Dallas to Fort Worth. When you take that walk and you start walking through the neighborhoods or in Washington, D.C., New York City, Colorado Springs, um, Conyers, Georgia, which is out in God's country of greenery just on the east side of Atlanta. It's beautiful. Mm, I'm familiar. You go to Honolulu and you're seeing the mountains and all the stars and you hear the ocean. It's pretty special. And that time gives you this ability to communicate with one another because you have this openness because it's it's pitch black. It's 3 a.m. and you're out walking in the middle of the night. Everyone else is asleep. So you're more apt to be open. So that's what it is. And it's great because at the end of it, you know, you feel better and you don't have to have the rough ball. And we don't require any weight whatsoever. Now, I've had some people that have actually carried a, 50, a 65 pound rough of 50 miles. I had a fella in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. This last 9-11, we were there for Flight 93 to commemorate and honor those people who, you know, fought to take that plane down before it crashed into anything. And it went into a field in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. And this fellow carried a 65-pound rucksack for 50 miles. Wow. It was insane to watch. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't have to carry a thing. And you got enough emotional going on that we want you to unload that. So that's the biggest goal. So, I mean, if anybody wants to, like, find out more about these events, they should just go to the website. Yeah, the website's the best place. Social media um, will be back up and running here next week. Um, as everybody knows, things change within organizations. And we had to kind of change some stuff on the social media side, and now we're back where we need to be. You'll be seeing that on social. You can go to the website. Uh, you can email me. I answer every email that comes in the 50. Uh, 50 for the following is myself. It is Darren Healer. It is Adrian Nunez and Hannah Peltier. Adrian and Hannah are my lead, um, my lead cadre. So the people that are going to get you through the ruck while the ruck's going on. Hannah or Adrian's in the front. The other one's got midpoint. Bo and I will be there in the ruck with you. And we're going to be at the rear or going through talking to everybody, coordinating everything. And like, we're making the sausage. Like, like we're doing it all. So you're going to see us. But if you have an email, it's me. And you can just email me at chad at... 50ftf.org. That's my email. You can hit me up. I will answer everything. If you hit up on social media, that's also me. And on Instagram, that's 50. And I love Instagram for this. 50 underscore four underscore V underscore fallen. <laughs> it comes up. Um, and yeah, that's the easy way to do it. Uh, Spartan Race, though, as we get going, you will see it on their site, on the Tampa Stadium event page. And you will see the No Man 50 there. It will discuss what the No Man 50 is. It will also give you a way to go through there and purchase, which is how we are directing everybody is to purchase via the Spartan Race page. But you can purchase it on your website too, right? No? Okay, yeah, you're going to be able to purchase on mine as well. Uh, the reason we go through Spartan Race is so they know you by name. And if you want to you know, do it through them, then you also immediately are qualified. And once you finish, they have your email and everything for the death race. And they also have you for the stadium. If you go through me, it's fine. All I have to do is send them an Excel doc that says, hey, people signed up. Here's our finishers. Here's who gets the death race. Here's who gets the stadium. And that's what we have. Right on. Well, Chad, man, I'm out of questions. Is there anything you want to add to this before we sign off? 
Yeah, I got one thing. Um, we talk about it for a minute. Go ahead. It's time to tell people that it's okay not to be okay. Take the time to say, hey, are you okay? Because, you know, it doesn't mean that they are. And if they just say, oh, I'm good, yeah, yeah, yeah. Be, be like, what's going on? In the military, I'll talk about that because that's where I lived for 20 years. Those in the military who say, oh, I'm good, yeah, I like that, and they try to smile and fake it, there's demons. There's stuff they're dealing with. Give them five minutes of your time. Make them give you five minutes and talk. And maybe you may be the only person who does that, and you might be the person talking to them that stops them from committing suicide. Take the moment to actually do that because it's the bullshit out there where people say, oh, I'm good, and they just walk on. That's where it's wrong, and that's where we're failing one another. Like, we don't do that with our cars, with our house, with our appliances. If there's a problem, we get them fixed. What we need to do that with each other because we should care about each other more than we do a stupid car. But if your check engine light's on, you're going to check it out. If you see your buddy's check engine light is on, check it out. See what's going on. And if that means that you need to tell them, hey, let's go for a walk. That's great. Go do that. Hey, let's go sign up for this crazy thing in Tampa. Cool. Come down there. I'll talk to you. Or if you're out there and you have and you're... If you're coming out of special operations and you're a veteran and you have issues and it's mental emotional and you need somewhere to go, chad at 50ftf.org, email me. My organization, 50 for the Fallen, is getting people the help they need. We're going to resiliency brain health. It's a 10-day program. They are taking people and they're helping them. It is actually working. You can check out their website. They are in Coppell, Texas. If you need someone, ask. If you're at a Spartan event, and people hit you up at a Spartan event and you're talking to them because you're running these distances together. And I like to do that. I get to do Spartans and talk to people I don't know. Like Billy the Ultra Beast now is a friend of mine. because I know that guy from doing events together and we talk. Great person. The people have more hearts than scars. Same thing. Great people. Um, Charlie Mike or Oscar Mike. Oscar Mike Foundation. Same thing. Great people. Love you, Mike. Those people there. Same thing. Got to talk to them. But there are times when you're talking to those people and others, how are you doing? And you actually work through those things together while you're physically working through things together. Do that in your daily life. And we don't do it enough. We're letting social media and just other things take away from what it was to be us, which is a community. So take that time and ask those, you know, ask those questions. If you're in the military and you got people that you were with for years, why aren't you calling them now? Because I know you're not, because I don't do it all the time in my friends. I'm doing it more now. I'm actually meeting the face-to-face and making those phone calls and do that. Don't, I mean, start with the text, but don't let that be the only thing. Because that may be the last time you get to communicate with them. I have a lot of friends who have not committed suicide that I thought would be the next day. Well, Chad, man, I appreciate you taking time to talk to us. And I love what, you know, what you're doing this for. And I, I love the fact that you're adding an endurance event to it to make it mean more. And I just think that's awesome, man. And I appreciate you taking the time. And I hope you, hope you have a great turnout at Tampa. Well, I hope to see you there if you can make it. I mean, I know Austin, there's an event in Austin going on at the same time. But if you can get down there and want to get dirty, let me know. Well, Tampa's close, and I've never done a stadion. And I was thinking about coming down there to do the stadion anyway. So you, you, you may see me down there. Okay, I'm I'm doing the ultra in Fayetteville a few weeks before that, so I, I <laughs> got to see how I feel after that event for sure. Well, that's that's one's on my bucket list actually is the Fayetteville Ultra. Uh, I'll be doing one out here uh, in the springs, but um, Fort Bragg's kind of home to all of us in SF land because that's where we all cut our teeth and learn. So to go back there to do that ultra, um, I, I'm, I'm that's one that I'll probably have to put on the bill for twenty five. 
Yeah, it's a good event, man. It's flat as a board, but it's it's an ultra that's close to home, and I, I love doing the ultra events. They're, they're a lot of fun. But, yeah, man, I appreciate you taking time to talk to us, and uh, hopefully I'll see you in Tampa, Chad. Hope so, Scott. Thanks. Hope you enjoyed the interview. I want to thank Chad Conley again for taking time to talk to us. Make sure you go to the website and check out 50 for the Fallen. If you don't plan on doing this event, there's a way you can go there and donate if you don't live close to florida and you're not coming to this event he has other events that we talked about in the interview you can check out as well um this actually sounds like a really fun event you know the two person and the five person teams would be i think it'd be fun with some friends you know if you're you know training for the death race or just want to train for a really tough ultra man go all go in all solo man that would be a cool learning experience i'm sure jacksonville is this weekend the map has been released and it shows we have back-to-back carries i don't know if i've ever had a race that was back-to-back carries and when i say back-to-back going by this map they are back-to-back um it's about a mile in after water station one you got maybe another quarter mile you'll jump over some hurdles and it is right into the sandbag carry and as soon as you finish that you're doing the bucket carry Everything else on here looks like a typical Spartan race. Um, it is showing it to be. Mm, it, it looks like it, it will definitely be a 10K or less and probably a 5K or less. It's showing the mile markers right there at the end. But you never know. You can't. You can never go by these maps. These maps are just reference points. Um, if you see me there this weekend, come up to me and say what's up. I love talking to the listeners. That's all I got, guys. We'll see you this weekend. Peace.